Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to episode 547 of Waypoint Radio. I am your host, Patrick Klupik. Rob, out here, just asking permission from the Internet if it's okay for him to spend a lot of money on a television that can be curved and straight at the same time. Rob, just do follow your heart, you know? Take, <sighs> what is your, is your guide? Can you turn that, can you turn that TV into a guiding key? No. I don't know. No, um, no problem. Absolutely That's the not. next evolution is we have flip phones, curved TVs, but eventually one will turn into uh, a key itself uh, to unlock the answers to these questions and, and many more in a question bucket heavy episode of Waypoint Radio. I'm joined by uh, one Renata Price. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 23. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Ren. Related. Thank you. But happy thank birthday. You. I don't thank know if you. I don't know if I want to say happy birthday after. No, that you have drop. to. Thank you. <laughs> you, that, you have to. Well, I don't know. She's this a voice and, No, you have to. <laughs> I knew you were a big Taylor Swift fan. I, I just see. You know, I'm not. Just, I actually, I'm aware. I'm. I'm. I, oh, yeah. I, that, I'm. I, yeah. When I mentioned that, I was. I was fairly sure that's where, where we were going to end up. Uh, she needs to get a new producer. Come on, get that guy the fuck I've out of here. All her, all her songs sound exactly the same now. <laughs> I've never listened to one of her albums, like in full. Actually, that's yeah. not true. I listened I, I listened to the most recent one like once or twice through, and I was like, yeah, I get why people like this. It's, oh, God, it's so samey. Don't don't get me started on, on pop music. But her, yeah, her produce, like, Red's a good album. Back on like her country pop roots. It's, uh, I don't know, I like, I like Taylor Swift. Um... Did you have a good birthday? No, you didn't. You lost your phone. But you had a good <laughs> birthday. My birthday was, listen, my birthday was probably the happiest, like, not to be corny. Mm, for please. reasons I lo- like. I'm, I love to be corny. Like, I am a, I am a dad. Like, I, I am filled with corn. I am bursting at the seams. Please be corny. Tell me about your happiness. My, my birthday was filled one of the happiest days of my life. I mean, right. that gen- I, mean, I mean that genuinely. Hey. I, I woke up. I had a lovely day. I got brunch with my girlfriend. That was, that was delicious. We went to a French place. Um, we went to a different French place for brunch the next day too. Man. That's right. That's Is that right. planned? I got double brunch. I got like, two brunches in a w- I got two brunches in a row. That's yeah. fucking wild. That's a lot. That's I'm, a lot of brunches. <laughs> I'm living in a lap of luxury, motherfucker. Wow. I had a I had a delicious hibiscus cur that I got for free because the bartender thinks I'm pretty. Um <laughs> so uh that was that was that was part one. And then we went to an event at the Brooklyn Museum, which was very cute. Um, oh, you were in my side of town. Was, yeah, I walked past um, uh, Branded Saloon, the gay bar. The gay bar, um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Place is like great. that dinner there. Um, after the they make a good boiga. Um, I like they do well. They're like they're all right. This is sorry. Welcome to Colonized New York Minute. Uh, they're, <laughs> well, we're, gonna, um, we're gonna need a drop for that. We need a drop for the Destiny, the Destiny the Minute second, and yeah. the, the New York Minute. We're, New York. Like, minute. If you have any jingle, if you if you are listening hey, to Waypoint Radio I'm, and good I'm at writing jingles, I'm talking over here. Okay, oh, yeah, take, <laughs> take that. Yeah. Isolate that audio. Put a little music under it, and like reverb or something. I don't know. You you're 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 yeah, the artist. Figure, figure it out. Yeah, please. All right. Continue. Um, listen, I don't think their Beyond Burger does not fuck, but do you know what does, Kato? Hmm. You know what? Do, you know what goes preposterous? What? Their fried pickles. Oh fuck yes! I love their fried yeah. pickles. They're so yeah. fucking good. That's, that's just beer bat. Patrick, mm. what's your favorite? Like, are you? Mm. Do you fuck uh. with fried pickles? I don't mind them uh, in terms of the uh, fried food spectrum. Like, I I have such a soft spot for mozzarella sticks. Like a really yeah. good like. I'll eat a crummy, like, I'll eat the bottom of the barrel, like, just, like, whatever. But, like, a good mozzarella stick with really good merit. Like, I had some on Friday from a place I hadn't eaten it before. Some neighbors ordered from it. It was just, like, my God, revelatory. But I also, I'm I'm not, like, obsessed with fried food. I don't need, like, a Snicker bar deep fried. But I do enjoy the... The the wide uh, 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 you know uh, options of various vegetables and things like that that are fried uh, in different ways. Mm. So, uh, but a mozzarella stick is definitely the one if I had to pick one out of a bucket. Um, the mozzarella stick is, I think, the peak of the fried food form. Although I will say this, I love a fried pickle very deeply. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. some of those shits can be real crispy, real crunchy. You know what I mean? That's the that's, like, the that's the nature of the you know like there is fried is not. A binary, <laughs> like like that is what you eat enough mozzarella sticks and you figure out people you can fuck it up. You can like you still it's still full of cheese. So you're like at the end of the day, once you're inside there, like the mozzarella <laughs> stick is still delivering. But that's that is the the, the nature of the of the fried food is you can you discover over time that like there are uh, masters of the craft. Um, but like these were like beer battered, mm-hmm. so it's like that like th- really thick breading. Around like oh delicious fucking excellent hell yeah uh, but yeah the event at the Brooklyn Museum was really good we were we went to their first Saturdays thing uh, which I believe is free and so yeah. basically the museum's like all the exhibits and shit is, is free for the day um, we're like from five to eleven and then they also do like events like there was like a big dance thing happening there which was way too loud for me um, but there was also like a stand up show for uh, uh, Women's History Month. Um, and uh Wait, what? in the museum yeah yeah at the museum there's a stand-up show <laughs> What's yeah, for, women's, for women's history for like women's yeah history is it the yeah, are the jokes themed uh the the performers were uh, i was okay. a non-binary person uh a uh woman whose jokes did not land um uh, <laughs> and uh, uh this like one like uh lesbian comic who uh is like pretty popular on tiktok um and that was I'll, I'll be honest it was a bit dark like like we went to it. Uh, my girlfriend likes comedy, and we we went to that, and it was it was the vibes were bad. <laughs> I, I've yeah I I think once in my life I I love going to live comedy uh, as well, but I think only once in my life have I gone to like the the similar like it's a little more of like you know uh, an open mic situation. I just look. Oh, I'm sure if you are interested in the craft, you can appreciate people who are working through it, mm. I simply cannot and must pay for people who Ooh. have gotten good. <laughs> Let me be clear. Let me be clear. Uh, this was not like people who are not like, these are people who get booked. 
Like okay. these are like mm. this was not like some randos off the street. This was All like right. these are people who like have careers in comedy. Um but the they were, let's just say hey folks in the audience if you're considering doing stand up comedy and you're a queer person uh, you know what you don't need to do don't need to make jokes about about worried about getting canceled you don't you don't have to do it. it's played out i heard i heard i heard like three or four people joke about getting canceled on saturday you don't need to do it <laughs> you don't need to post your l's like that like like truly truly if you if you're that gay and some of these bitches were really gay. You don't, 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 don't post your own L's, please. I'm begging you. But yeah. Um, is it a lot of comedy though, posting your own L's and unpacking yeah, there it? Was, there was a I feel lot like that of, is fundamental yeah. to the nature of the, of the comedic structure is I'm a big L and I'm going to make you laugh about it. Yeah. I, I think, I think it depends. I think that like there is a certain degree. Uh, the problem, the problem that I'm hitting on is that everybody's joking about the same L's. Like everyone's posting the same L's over and over again. I don't go to therapy. Cool. Cool L you posted. Literally three other people at this one show were doing that bit. Where it's not simply simply find different L's to post. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That was Ren's cool birthday weekend. My uh, girlfriend made a card for me that is the cutest shit I've ever seen. It is my favorite object now. I'm I'm very happy about it. I'm happy for you. Thank you. And that has been Ren's Birthday Minute, brought to you by, <laughs> what was the bar? Uh, Branded Saloon. Branded, yeah, Branded no, Saloon. Bra- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay anything, but they got an advertisement. Uh, anyway, that one you cannot wave away by going to waypointplus.com and subscribing. Uh, oh, that one no. Is just We're embedding the ads now? Yeah, well, look, charge a little more for that. Um <laughs> Uh, to, to get into the show, uh, well, there was another, uh, episode of the, the penultimate. Hey, that's a word that for a long time I did not understand. And then when it was explained to me, I was just so thankful. When we went through that phase of answering questions where people used words wrong, I'm so thankful I never deployed that because I don't know what I thought it meant, but I definitely did not know what it meant. And then when finally it was like used in the correct context of second to last, uh, I I was, I was oh okay I guess I can use that word now. Um, we are near near the season finale of the Last of Us television show. The finale mm-hmm. airs uh, next uh, Sunday. D- m- my wife has big plans to watch the Oscars, and now I'm gonna have to somehow watch that and watch this because HBO moved up the episode for the Super Bowl, but is not moving it. Is a big middle finger to the Oscars. We yeah. don't care about you. We think more people will watch our show. They're probably right. They're probably right. That is probably the strategic decision uh, well, to you make. You could probably uh, start watching the Oscars, take a little Last of Us break in the middle, and still get back before they do Best Picture. That's true. That's true. Um, and I, I actually have access to the final episode of The Last of Us, but uh, wow. I, it's the... the the water, it's not a brag. Fancy. The watermarking is intense. Uh, you, it's, there, Patrick you want to, Patrick it Olympic. is, it's just my name plastered <laughs> all over it. And it's like, I would like to be emotionally invested in this show. Well, would you like to read your name? Patrick in big 48 impact font. Uh, so it's very weird to be like, I could watch that. I could solve this problem, but it, like, do you want to have a bad time? 
doing it. And I was like, no, I don't. So I will try to uh, figure that out. But the yeah, the most recent episode, uh, it takes place during the sequence uh, from the game in which, uh, you know, spoilers for the show. Also, I guess I, I we caught a couple people off guard. I saw some comments in our last discussion about the, the last, the episode prior where we kind of discussed moments from The Last of Us Part 2. Let's just, for the sake of this discussion, like, all Last of Us is on the table. If we talk about part two, it'll bleed into here. I, I apologize if that means you're watching it for the first time and don't want to know bits that are happening in the second one. But I also would rather just be more careful because um, uh, I know that we caught a couple people with uh, the big thing that happens in part two. And that stinks. Um, so uh, just know that going going in. We're not going to intentionally try and just spoil stuff for the sake of it. But I just want folks to be aware. But th- yeah, this sequence takes place uh, where... Joel uh, has become injured uh, while uh, Joel and Ellie were on their way uh, to essentially deliver uh, Ellie to these medical professionals who can, in theory, turn turn her into a magic vaccine. And, uh, you know, then everything will just uh, get better. Uh, That doesn't happen. Joel gets hurt. Uh, Ellie finds herself in the middle of uh, winter uh, looking for some way to save Joel. Uh, and this is the sequence in the game where you take control of Ellie. Uh, it's like a really like emotional uh, moment in the game where you're it doesn't the game never signals that you're going to have a chance to play as her. And the fact that you do uh, is really neat from the player's perspective uh, where she has been this companion character for uh, a number of hours in the game. And now suddenly she is the one that is is going around and I believe has access to primarily a bow and arrow um, mm-hmm. and I love me a bow and arrow uh, in, in a video game. Um, and so this episode adapts this moment where they come across a town with uh, sort of a religious, like a preacher uh, character uh, at the, at the heart of it. Um, you know, it is revealed that, uh, well, Kato, yeah, sorry, Kato, that they're cannibals willing or unwilling, you know, <laughs> depends on who you are uh, in this little community uh, and Ellie in pursuit of, trying to get Joel some medicine, trying to procure themselves um, some supplies so they can continue their journey, uh, kind of gets uh, wrapped up in this uh, pretty fucked up little community. Uh, Ren, you watched the episode. What did you What did you make of this one? This one was probably the toughest episode for me to watch, just in terms of, like, c- content. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some uh, p- pretty grim shit uh, in terms of, like, the the thing that I, I want to note here is that um hey uh pedophilic cannibals not great not great to have uh, a lot of time with them on screen makes me feel bad uh mm-hmm. to watch a man attempt to groom a child um feels 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 pretty bad um and in that way they did an effective job of making me feel really gross um but other than that, like, I don't know, I think it was a fine constructed episode. Um, I it continues like the the trend that you like Rob and I've been talking about in terms of like Ellie's particular relationship to violence, uh, like extends it out like a little bit further. Um, yeah, that there's a the, the sequence that takes place kind of in the makes of jail cell in which the, the preacher character uh, essentially says like, I have violence within me that was unleashed as a result of the cordyceps. And now I'm allowed to do this. I see that in you. Uh, Those lines aren't in the game. And I do think that is, as we were talking about previously, laying this groundwork for like, hey, we're kind of like doing some light retcon to this character to make them make sense 
to the audience. Um, I think there's, you know, the second season of the show will come out. I don't know, you know, 18 months from from now, like the, like the gap between playing that first game and the second game, like there's a cognitive distance where you can kind of hand wave a bit on a character because you just have distance between them emotion, like over the, the, the span of time. I think here that is not going to be the case. And so you have to kind of do that, that work to make that tonal whiplash feel less of a whiplash um, when, you know, the second season comes around. Um, I, I'm with you. I uh, It condenses a lot of gross stuff into a very small period of time. I do think this is more than any other episode in the season so far where I am. I am not someone who thinks, like, more is more. I, I, I'm actually, like, I don't like in the streaming area, the, the streaming era in which, like, everything has, is super long. Like, every episode has to be an hour and every episode is a movie and it just seems like things never end. Uh, I have liked the, the kind of quick pace, the efficiency of the storytelling and the, and this adaptation. And yet I really think this should have been two episodes. I think because they condense everything that happens here, which is a pretty protracted ex- uh, sequence in the game itself, more and more, it almost feels like I'm playing, I'm watching levels of a video game in this television show where it's like, all right, Joel and Ellie survived that level. Now they yeah. go to the next one. And what I really enjoyed, I think some of the strongest work in the in this in the the season is what happens when they go to Kansas City. And it's because you get an episode where not much happens. It's actually just them just slowing down, giving these characters some moments. You know, you you have the the, the car sequence in which, you know, Joel, like, shows a level of violence we have, have not seen from the character quite yet. Uh, but also Ellie gets a chance to, like, react to that. I mean, like, it just, there's not a lot of plot progression, but there's a lot of dominoes setting up for that second episode that takes place in that same location that would, they could, you can see how they would have done that in one episode, but it would have been much lesser. We would have gotten no character work from the character of Kathleen. Like, we've gotten way less with the two brothers. And... And I think desperately this episode needed more of that. I mean, they it, it seems like they wanted to, to do that with Left Behind, right? Left Behind mm-hmm. and this episode were designed to be a pair in the same way that the second Kansas City episode and the, like, Meeting Tommy episode were designed to be, like, if those two episodes were, like, about a kind of relationship uh, and, like, Joel's particular, like, re- like relationship to Ellie... Uh, then you know that then these episodes are a pair. Uh, I just think that this pair doesn't work as well because Left Behind. I think that Left Behind would have worked a little bit better if it spent more time using what using what like TV can do that the games couldn't, which yeah. is like constantly be intercutting. Right, like it is it is intercutting. It is, is there is a framing device being used, but I would have much more rather like if the episode on Left Behind had been like sixty percent Left Behind, forty percent Winter. Or like 50-50, I think that would have like led to this landing a little bit harder for me. Um I just wanted more time in the little community, right? Like we have to, you know, I mentioned before that I'm watching this with my wife, and so it's always interesting to see what she thinks of an episode and what's and she like we are five minutes into the episode, and she's like, Oh, they're cannibals. And I was like, <laughs> and she like is looking at me for some sort of confirmation. And I said, I was like, I, it's been too long. I don't. I actually cannot give you an indication one way or the other. It's like, yeah. but there are bad vibes, and I'm I'm with you. I think that is that, that's that is that is kind of a trope of these types of stories. Like, um, 
I would not be shocked if that's actually what happened. And I just think we had to rush to all of that. Like the turn with the preacher has to happen too fast. It it It's not that it doesn't work and every performer is like giving their all. I just think there would have been, there is so much space for more of this, to for Joel and Ellie to have more time, on, Ellie to have more time on her own figuring things out, mm-hmm. getting involved in this community. Everything just has to like go, 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 go. And it's it's all you know, done exceptionally well and it looks gorgeous, but I just wish it was twice. I would do this as an instance where I wish it was twice as long to just allow all that to breathe a little bit more. Cause we basically get no insight into the community. It's like, look at these dopes getting fed bodies. Uh, and you know, look at this mean preacher and it all ends up, you know, making it a little too one note in a way that I would have appreciated given Given a little more, like Kathleen, we don't spend a ton of time with her, yeah. but she is not a one note character. You get a sense of why she does what she does, and it makes all the scenes with her after, even if she's written off the show pretty quickly, much more effective. And here it's like, here's a little bit of a mustache twirling villain who has character traits and desires that are of the most abhorrent variety, but it is still kind of a mustache twirling villain. And at the end of the day, uh, I think it would have benefited from giving that a, a little more space. See, I, I almost wonder if like, I, I don't know if, I don't know if giving this, like giving more time with that group of people would be particularly like enjoy, enjoyable for me personally. Cause like, I, I just, I don't want to spend any more time with that fucking character. I don't, I don't want him on screen. I just, I do not want to interact with him. It's, it, it feels bad, but I do think that like the episode in terms of like immediately picking up on the fact that they're cannibals, like again, this is like it's a really technically well-made show, right? Like the way that like the camera lingers on the food immediately tells you something is wrong. Yeah, and like yeah, the, like the way the way they are like slopping the food into their yeah. mouth is just like this is not how you shoot food if you want to <laughs> feel good about. Like we've talked, um, people have asked over the years, like, hey, you all, you know, like people like Rob and 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 Kyle like talk about food all the time. Like it'd be cool if. You all did something, you know, at the vice offices. And it's like, yeah, uh, you know, one, that's difficult to set up just from a logistical standpoint. Like, how do you make two sets interact? But two, like, it's really easy to make food look bad, even if you're making it well. Like, just lighting it, shooting it is difficult. Here, to your point, Ren, like, this is shot well, lit well, but in a way that is meant to make you feel upset as soon yeah. as they start eating. <laughs> well, also, it's just like when they're just bringing it out to cook it, right? The cu- the way the meat is cut is like framed in this like, it's the fact that it's cubed, right? It is yeah. cubed in <laughs> yeah. such a particular way that is like, wait a minute. Hey, hey I don't think you need to do all that. I think you could have had a steak and it would have been normal. Why'd you do that? <laughs> hey, why'd you make that meat that shape? What you, what you, what's, what's going Just on here? Just a delightful little meat cube uh, for, I don't know for if, me and my friends. I don't Yay. know if I trust the meat cube. Um, and yeah, um, I do think that the um, this this episode is, I think, also like has the most upsetting acts of violence that yeah. we've seen in the series by like a pretty in in the show by like a pretty significant margin. Uh, there, there is a scene where Joel tortures someone where like, I had to, I had to not watch, uh, I had to like, I could hear it, but I was like, I don't want to see a man have his kneecap threatened to be popped off. Like I can't, I can't. I think that's what they're going for, right? I I think that the, the, the extreme nature of that sequence where Joel essentially snaps in pursuit of 
he gets the information he wants from these people. He knows that he has acquired it. And there's a way to play that scene for for Joel as a as an individual to look. Should you trust these people even after you've gotten the information? Probably not. Like not a lot of evidence here that they can be trusted to live and not just track you down and take you out. But it is the the viciousness that the the del- frankly the delight that he takes in being extremely good at hurting people, extremely good at uh, enacting this level of just really depraved violence. There is a, he doesn't smile, but he's effective. Um, if you ever watched the television show 24, right? Like a, a that that scene is just, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, like the TikTok, TikTok, 20, you know, show from from about uh, 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Like, right. That show was had tons of, you know, made for television level of violence, uh, uh, torture sequences, like born out of like the Bush era. Like there's a lot of problematic parts of, of 24, but, um, he was always like cracking arms or cracking fingers. So that's all they could show on, you know, Fox at seven o'clock on a, on a Thursday here. It's the same sort of stuff, but cranked up to a almost pornographic degree of, of violence in which you are. I, I think the, the, what's happening there is, I watched it because, well, I've watched too many horror films that, you know, it takes a whole lot to get to me. <laughs> but I think for the average person uh, who is a little less unhinged to on-screen violence, they want you to look away. It is meant for you to look at this and go, like, there's no, I, I don't need to witness this to get the effectiveness of, mm-hmm. effectiveness of the scene. Yeah, I, I also want to be clear, like, I, have a, I have a pretty good stomach for, like, filmed violence, but it it is the particular, like, approach that joel takes to it that made me like wildly uncomfortable uh yeah. while, while watching that scene like the a small detail that was like joel stabs a guy to death and then leaves the knife in so he can beat his friend to death with a bar which is just like you don't have to do this no. like y- you have a better way to do both of these actions and you are choosing the worst possible way to do it both times um, and, and yet what's kind of interesting because we i was talking about the show with some people over the weekend uh, who are only passingly familiar with the game and the violence that occurs with Joel against the two people he's sort of like kidnapped and torturing is essentially the base level of violence that occurs every couple of minutes in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so when, when Joel takes like, you know, swing, swings away at the head of this person, like you do that. A couple hundred times, like, uh, you know, in the game right. through it's like many different death animations. Right. Like I, someone, uh, I, I, I don't know how I came across it, but it was a clip of the most extreme violence in The Last of Us Part Two. Um, just like and it's the everyday stuff. We're like, hey, this is just a random group of do- soldiers uh, or whatever that you're fighting. And you just shot one in the face and like the level of specificity they have and the way the eye disappears. Right. You just sort of forget that, like, one of the things this show is doing is limiting these sections to make them more effective because it's what you have to do in a television show. But also it's like, okay, like this is just the baseline for a room in the last of us. Uh, and they, they extract a lot more out of it um, by limiting it in the television show. It's limiting it, but also it's like, it is truly the power of like the camera in the, yeah, in, in, in a lot of absolutely. these situations where like the camera is doing things that like the in-game camera can't like when you take out a, Again, I've been playing The Last of Us 2 uh, kind of concurrently with 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 watching the show. And like when, for example, Ellie takes out uh, like an infected, right? 
the, the animation is pretty graphic and that like one stabs in the neck and then like pulls the knife out the other way. So like the whole, the whole situation <laughs> yeah. is just obliterated. We're talking about like complete devastation to the tracheal section, <laughs> right? That hole is gone. And like, that is upset. It is, it is an upsetting animation and it is like a, a pretty grim piece of violence, but the camera can only do so much. Because, like, it is at a set distance away from the character, or is it a set distance that can move in a little bit for, like, cinematic framing, but otherwise the camera is still in, like, the player's hands. Um, Same thing with, like, you know, a melee attack, right? Like, does Joel hit a motherfucker in the head with a pipe in the game? Yes, 100%. But if you think about the way the camera moves alongside that attack, it is, like... It is active and uh, like has momentum to it to me in a way that like the f- the scene that was uh, the torture scene does not right the pacing of that scene and the ways in which like the camera sits at a remove so you can see the context of the violence happening. It's almost like you're um, watching it from the like as a viewer. It, the, the 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 camera shot is frequently feels like you're peering in from around yeah, a corner. Right. Like there's a voyeuristic quality to how it's shot. Right. And like, I think that like this is, again, I think this is a really competently made television show. I think that like it is, it is technically phenomenal on a writing level for the most part. Uh, I, I do have some issues with Left Behind and the fact that, oh boy, those are teenage girls written by adult men. Oh mm-hmm. boy. Uh, but other than that, right, it is like a, a pretty competently written thing. Um, and those like technical qualities, I think, are are really excellent. Like the, you know, this goes to show like it is a really well made show. Even though I think it like it's not. Am I ever gonna watch the Last of Us TV show again? No, no, never. Once I finish <laughs> this show, I'm memory holding this. Like like truly. Um, but yeah, I think it is. I think it is like a, a well made episode that made me viscerally uncomfortable, and I have yet to determine whether or not I think it earned uh, that visceral uncomfortability. Yeah. And, and, and in that sequence in particular, I think what the when you film a thing that you can it's just like cuts, right? Like right. in you don't see the Joel swing and watch that man's skull shatter. What I do in the game is watch that happen over and over and over again. And the effectiveness of being able to cut away as opposed to showing Mm-hmm. Uh, the violence there. And it's not like it's a show that's afraid to show violence. You know, I mean, like when, when Troy Baker get, gets got, you know, by with oh the, the God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Troy Baker gets fucking obliterated. I he was gets actually really got. He gets really got. <laughs> I was, I was with my girlfriend uh, when Troy Baker shows up on screen and we were both like, is that, is that, is that Troy fucking Baker? And then at one point he says a line, which is like, I'll go look, I'll go after her. And when he says, I'll go after her, he's doing the fucking Joel voice. He's doing the Joel voice. He's actively doing the in-game Joel voice. And we were both like, oh my God, he's doing the fucking Joel voice. That's embarrassing. Like, you know what? Good for him. That's a, that's a good reference. But also like... It must have been surreal, Joel. though. Like, like yeah. I, I, I mean, like being an actor on that set, you know, in, in like that's it's too bad they couldn't find some way to con uh, or, or sort of like get the, the two of them in a scene together just mm-hmm. for the complete <laughs> weirdness of it. And I'm glad they didn't do an Easter egg like that just to force the Easter egg. But yeah. um, I was kind of I was wondering if at some point they would find uh, some some way to do that. Um, yeah. I did really enjoy the 
it, when Ellie and Joel are reunited at the end, like in the same way that Joel, the way he called out to Tommy uh, when he when he gets to to Jackson, I found I found that sequence between again those characters are at their best when those two actors are around one another and like that little embrace that the two of them mm-hmm. have when uh you know Joel uh, lets fully lets his emotional guard down and calls Ellie the same way that he calls his daughter, you know, uh, baby girl was like, Oh, she's full of blood and almost got raped. But I guess this is a, I guess this is very touching for these two characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Final, the finale is, uh, this weekend. Um, I'm hoping to, to watch it uh, in between Oscar stuff and we'll swing back around it to see how this uh, season wraps up. Kato, you, are you the king of the castle, or are, are you not? Are you the are you the king? No, no, I wasn't the oh, king either of these times. You weren't the I king. Weren't the king. What is king of the castle? A game that you are privately pitching for all of us to play because yeah. it is has some some Twitch integration that uh, I know some that is notable. What explain to me what this game is? Uh, so, king of the castle is a party game. Um, in the vein of the sort of uh, Jack's Box style, where people are you only need kind of one person to own the game and everybody else is logging in on their phones or a browser or whatever in order to interact with the game but it essentially uh runs like one person is the king and everybody else is nobles that are that get sorted into uh one of three different noble houses and it's basically a party game game of thrones uh that is really really well uh, written and scripted it has really fun characters in it really fun events happening in them uh, for example one thing that always happens at the beginning so this isn't light spoiler I guess if you don't want to like learn about events that happen in this game but the first one one of them is like you're, you're setting up your coronation and it's one of the earliest things that happen the way that the game is structured is like the interaction happens in these moments where everyone votes for a thing and as the monarch, you actually don't vote. Only the nobles vote. You can, mm-hmm. you have veto power on one of, there's usually multiple choices. And so you can veto one of them. You can be like, that one just ain't gonna happen. Um, or you can um, be like, I like that one the most. <laughs> just, to, just to hope that the people who you're playing with are gonna be like, okay, sure, I'll go along with what the, the king says and try to curry curry the favor of the king. Like so, um, so, I'm looking so the uh, the trailer for this, and so yeah. uh, what kind of coronation should be held for the king? And then so yeah. four options: we have host a lavish parade with jugglers and fountains of wine, proceed with a religious ceremony that honors the ninth god, throw the king into the river, throw the king into uh, the river. <laughs> oh, I can't read this last one. Uh, oh, troops shall bear the king through the streets atop a shield. Um, and then you know you have uh the different you know uh people voting for it there's like yeah. shows like stability up like treasury down faith up right authority down how, how what is the what is the scale of one of these games is this like an hour like what how long is one playing out for enough of these like thing up thing like i'm curious like so here's the how thing these variables even come into play so here's the thing that is ultimately uh really great about this game is that the i mean it, it yeah it takes it can take a while depending on how quickly you like move through things. Um, I had one game go as quick as like an hour and a half. And uh, last night I played over at <laughs> friend of the site, Austin Walker's 
friends at the table did a whole stream of this with their mm. Twitch chat, and that went fucking five hours because that's who they are. <laughs> that's yeah, that adds up. That is, yeah. is that now is that because it's a lot of let's talk about this particular decision for 45 minutes and do yeah. essentially record an entire podcast. Right. <laughs> discussing There's it. A, like a lot of, obviously they were all doing their own voices for every single character mm-hmm. and like getting mm-hmm. really into it. So like you can okay. like, you can go the slow route and it'll take a while, but it's still fun. Or you can go if you're the other way I played this game was in a group of like 16 people in a discord call. Uh, and like, people were still kind of discussing things, but there's an inherent quickness to once the vote starts. And, um, but basically let me rewind real quick. There's objectives that everyone's trying to do. The King has the objective of, uh, uh, getting an heir, assigning an heir and doing one ambitious like task to like be remembered by. And if the King can do that, the King wins. Um, all of the nobles have individual schemes. Like all of each individual faction has their own scheme and the schemes are chosen by the nobles themselves. Like that's the first thing that the, the nobles vote on is like, okay, what is our scheme to overthrow the, the, the King and let, let, let us install our own King. And this is not hidden, right? Like, no. like what other layers of like, sometimes with these party games, like, right. you know, you, you have specific information that is not being shared. This is more, everything's on the table and everyone's negotiating in the yeah. open to a hundred percent. Everyone always has all the information of what everyone's trying to do. Right. Um, all right. And then the, there's basically a bunch of stats for everyone. The kingdom has three big stats, which are stability, authority, and treasury, just money basically. And if any of those ever hit zero, they automatically lose. Um, every, there's basically like a round where like three events happen and that's like the end of a season. Every season, like um after all the like events happen, you basically check like okay, have you completed the thing that your scheme is trying to do for each of the noble classes? Um so like the small numbers of like okay, this is going to bring stability up. By how much depends on what the event is and stuff, but a lot of times it's like it's going to take a, a little bit for those schemes to like really get rolling and the what's great is that the like the events you know, I've, I've played this twice now and both times we've gotten like different events to happen but the events are very obviously tailored towards the type of schemes that everyone is doing in a way where even though it seems like um even though it seems random it like like what like there's like seven different or six different factions you could be only three of them get picked for a game uh of those three each of those have three options for their schemes so that's like nine different more than nine different combinations of what any one game could look like at a given time and yet they have events that feel tailor-made for like oh this this these people are trying to buy up all the roads and these people are trying to um possess I mean they're not vampires but they're trying to possess the king uh 
Uh, my 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 actions that are similar to a vampire are uh, prompting a lot of questions about whether my, I'm a vampire. My weird spooky uh, counts that all carry skulls around. Ah, and ah, ah, I'm not a vampire. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, These fangs? No, this this, this is, is the this style. Is, yeah, this right is just now. like you know, you know. I had that filed in. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um. That's a big thing with this game is that a lot of the writing and stuff is really fun. There's like a lot of like like even just like that example of like there's an option to throw the king of the river at the coronation, <laughs> right? Um, which obviously, especially playing in like the Twitch context, often gets chosen. Um, which is so wait, great. So yeah. What is the uh, it, maybe it's just not fully clear to me yet. Mm. What is the what is the Twitch audience doing uh, in? Uh, so concert, yeah. with the with the play, individual players that like as non king characters are doing basically they are no they they just become nobles when you play this on Twitch mm. uh, they are who make up the nobility they're the people voting on these different decrees and stuff and so we as the players are picking like our options and then the chat is sort of got you know is got is guiding <laughs> the from vote. those options yeah. okay yeah so like for example the the way i imagine us playing it is like mm-hmm. we got to have king rob up here right, right? oh absolutely <laughs> like no other way yeah uh, everyone uh, must have tvs that curve and then also <laughs> go flat what are then, we doing? And then each of us would pick our our own faction, uh, and then we would kind of like voice our like, "This is what I think we should do as a faction." Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the chat will be able to decide for themselves what what happens, right? Mm. And so that's where the kind of that sort of which is which even that even happens. So like that dynamic of like people saying like, "This is what I, where I think we should go as a as a as." Like all these, all of our nobles, we should go this way. That happens at both scales in really interesting ways. Like the 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 Twitch chat one is obviously like a kind of audience, you know, uh, streamer situation that sometimes they'll listen to you, sometimes they won't. But even mm-hmm. in like a smaller situation where there's only like we had like sixteen uh, ish people, I think uh, people would like start discussing things but there's like a a 30 second timer on on the votes once they pop up and then you don't really get any Mm. you don't get any preamble to this so you have people are flinging like suggestions quickly once you vote you're locked in you can't swap so people hold their votes usually until like deliberations have happened and sometimes there'll be a group of people that just decide to say one thing and vote another way because they think it's the right mm-hmm. way and they've just like mm-hmm. actually have had a secret discord chat going on the side oh, while they're hiding what, what ways they're gonna vote and so like you know just that sort of like it allows for like these specific social interactions that are really fun and like the stakes never feel like th- there can be moments in like social deduction games where depending on the type of person you are, you might feel like bad lying to too many people or like having to lie to like you or you just can't do it. And this one feels like because ultimately everyone's doing the same action at the end of voting, it like has def- it diffuses some of that tension of being mm-hmm. sneak like being sneaky, even though you can be sneaky and maybe that's a way to win. Um would, but also it's just more really just it's more just straight social as opposed to yeah. the thing that sometimes gets in uh 
like when we've done like some of these games, like on various streams, it's like I have trouble keeping all of the mechan like the actual game mechanics in my head while mm-hmm. also doing the social layer. And so here it's, there's, I mean, there's, there are, it's way fewer things you're yeah. accounting for other it, than it just like the always, persuasion layer. It always leaves up the stats too. Like it's never like you have to like, like the, it, like you're this, not doing any math. <laughs> yeah. You're never like a, how much were, we were at like X farming, right? Like we were like mm-hmm. five farming and we need to get our farming up to seven or something by the end of three seasons. So like how, how quickly can we do that? Like which scheme of these is going to, is going to, is going to help us. And, um, for most things, it kind of, it, it kind of depends, obviously, like there's, there's some events that are just the nobles that are like in that country vote. And some of them are like kingdom wide votes and those kingdom wide votes can obviously help and hurt other people. And so like you get it, it, it does this thing where you become it, even though if, if all of the nobles focused together they could definitely overthrow the king. But the king has ways and the ways of moving votes that will actually end up pitting the nobles against each other. And it almost feels inevitable that they won't ever rebel as a group uh, because each one has their own individual like goalposts that they want to hit for to, so they can mm-hmm. put one of their people in, in as king. Um, and it's just a really, like, it's really tightly and really well balanced around, like, it never feels like anyone has the upper hand, like, fully has the upper hand until the end. Like, and then someone suddenly is hitting the last part of their scheme and you're like, oh shit, you're what? Like, they're about to win next round and, like, people try to scramble and see if there's any way to, to delay it. Um, but, like, just, yeah, a lot of really fun interactions with the the way that they narrativize all these events that seem like just really smartly put together. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. see. I saw. I I saw only a few repeats in the two times I played it, and even then there were certain parts of that. It was like the same event, but it took it takes into account the state of the game in a different way. Like they've got a lot of kind of interspersed like oh, we know that they're doing this scheme, so we'll make mention of it in this way for this event, even if this event gets reused. Uh, that was really, really neat. Also, the soundtrack is a banger. Um, and oh, yeah. yeah, I love the... You can make your own little noble. The art is really great. It seems like a really... Like, it's a really fun uh, party game that... I mean, it costs five bucks, <laughs> too. Like, it's just, yeah, that seems like a steal. It's a steal uh-huh. for how much I feel like this could be really fun to just play with a group of five to 10 friends, even like it doesn't have to be a full, like we've got 20 people in this call situation or like we're playing with a Twitch chat of like hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, it, it, uh, it's I, that, that's the big thing is like, it's surprising how well it works across those two different scales. Uh, I like that when I pulled this up on steam, it said similar to games you've played long live the queen, which I believe was, mm. Uh, a game we played on stream at, at some point <laughs> yeah. in which we forced a lot of people to do voices uh, yeah. for it, uh, which always means Danica was involved. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that was the case. I think this is the one where we made Rob be the queen. There was one we did at Waypoint's launch where Danica made me do a lot of voices for some sort of visual <laughs> novel thing. Um, you can find clips for that somewhere here. I think this is the one where we made Rob. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, cool. Well, that is 
King of the Castle. It's on on Steam uh, right now, and will I think most likely be something that we do. We should definitely. If we don't do it this week, we'll do it next week. Yeah. Uh, Rob, Rob is back. Uh, the day that you listen to this, um, we'll just have to, I think I'm off on Friday, so we gotta, we'll figure out our schedule, but, um, we, one way or the other, sometime soon, we will check this out, um, and, and throw King Rob into the river. Into the river. Uh, <laughs> uh sorry if that comes up, the vote is unanimous. Uh, Ren, uh, you oh. checked out this, this, I, I don't even know how to describe it, like, the Olympics, finally yeah. love video games. Yeah, uh, they do. wrote a, uh, a piece, uh, Kind of summarizing where we're at, called the list of official Olympic esports games is extremely weird. I know you're doing some research into this more, more yeah. deeply, but can you please? I know this has been a source of tension over the years of like, hey, it doesn't it make sense at some point for the Olympics to pay attention to what's happening in video games? I don't know after reading your your blog that this is the direction I expected them to go in. But can you please kind of set up what what the hell is going on? Yeah, so effectively, um, I don't think that like any of this is, I think the actual like games specifically are pretty weird, uh, but none of this is surprising uh, once once we get a, once we get around to it. But uh, the IOC, uh, the International Olympic Committee, uh, is basically like, hey, we're hosting our first ever Olympic eSports week, which is a uh, live streamed in-person competition uh, across a handful of games that the... Uh, Olympics is hosting uh, in July of this year following the Olympic esports series. Now, you may be thinking... Which is an ongoing series? Is that... No, this is the first one. This... Okay, all right. So you might be thinking to yourself, wow, Olympic esports. Well, I wonder who they I wonder who they partnered with. Could have been League of Legends, could have been um mm-hmm, Overwatch mm-hmm. 2, could have been there's plenty of esports out there, right? Maybe Apex. Um No, idiot, fool. There are nine events for the first ever Olympic esports week. They are I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up the list. Um, sorry, I just want to make sure I get these right. You know, um, da, 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 da. all right, here we go. Those games are sorry. Uh, those 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 events are. Mm, please, games. That's just. We'll we'll get to we'll get to games in a moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Archery, mm. baseball, mm. cycling, mm. sailing, mm. taekwondo, love it, tennis, dance, Ooh. motorsport. Oh, we love that here. <laughs> and chess. Ah, of course. I mean, of course, of course. only chess. the big, big brains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is uh, how chess about... finally gets to the Olympics. Yes, Kato, it is. Oh, so what you're telling me is they're just picking up a copy of Wii Sports from Nintendo and they're good to go on all these no. fronts. No, oh. no, sadly, sadly, sadly. I wish that was that. I wish it was that. Uh, instead, they have partnered with uh, each. So the way that the Olympics works is that the uh, IOC interfaces with uh, different IFs or international federations, right? And international federations are the governing bodies of their respective sports. So for example, there is the World Archery Federation, which is the federation that governs the sport of archery on an international stage. Uh, And the uh, WAF um, and does a lot of the qualifying work and then, you know, that sets people up to then go to the Olympics. Um, And so each sport has a governing federation that the Olympics works with directly. 
the governing federations are the ones who I believe, uh, if my uh, according to my research, are the ones who actually picked these games. Mm-hmm. These are not what I would call the most accurate simulations. <laughs> so uh, the games are for motorsport, Gran Turismo. Huh. That one makes sense. That's yeah. reasonable. That the whole thing is it's a racing sim. It's yeah. a racing sim. It has a couple it has a couple of slight pay to win elements in terms of being able to buy a better car. But for the most part, it's a pretty even playing field. As Rob has told us previously, uh a lot of the like series races for Gran Turismo have a performance cap. Um and that performance cap, you know, keeps everyone on the same playing field generally. Uh chess is of course Sponsored by Chess.com, baby. Uh, which <laughs> has been chess, pouring. Didn't they, didn't they go through a whole thing recently, though? They've been the pouring a lot of money into esports. No, but I mean, wasn't there a whole cheating scandal in chess? Uh, was that related yeah. to Chess.com? Am I right? Am I pulling? I, I don't. Th- are, are you thinking of the? Are you thinking of the vibrator guy? Yeah, vibrator guy. I think was, he. Oh, that's not. He wasn't he, one of his. So the he vibrator played thing online. Was, yeah. Yes, he played online and was previously caught cheating mm-hmm. and then went to real world tournaments and was then accused of cheating via vibrator. Um, I know motherboard did a lot of, I'm just, this, this is the first thing that I don't think about chess all that often, but then motherboard was writing a lot of articles about this. If you go back uh, over at uh, motherboard.vice.com, there's a lot of good reporting on this scandal. Anyway, continue chess makes sense. Yeah. Chess makes sense. Uh, dance is just dance. Right. Uh, my kids love that. And so that's so wait, you're uh-huh. telling me that yeah. when my kids mm-hmm. play just dance, mm-hmm. they are actually on the path to becoming Olympians. Yes. <laughs> that's yes. exactly what I'm telling you, Patrick. Let's go. <laughs> Proud Papa of two prospective oh Olympians. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those are the normal ones. <laughs> Buckle mm-hmm. up, motherfuckers. Archery hey, is uh, represent. Uh, hold on. Did they say which entry of Just Dance? Is it Just Dance 2023? Like what? I assume it's the most in, the most recent okay. one. All right, sorry, I'll, I'll do my own research. But, so when I when I'm when I'm, you know, I'm telling my daughters, time yeah, I was like, you yeah. know what? This used to be for fun, but now I found out because of my colleague that actually this is this is how we make our money. Anyway, yeah. continue, please. Archery is represented by Tic Tac Bow. What? A game that came out one week ago, Patrick. <laughs> oh. Tic-Tac Bow is a mobile game created by Refract Technologies, uh, who also make the Axis, which was a 2018 uh, successfully kickstarted motion tracking console, um, Hmm. which is also being used to play Virtual Taekwondo, which is the Taekwondo simulator uh, that they will be using for the uh, Taekwondo portion of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This feels um, Mm -hmm. grifty. (laughs) Yeah, the Taekwondo event being uh, being used by a bespoke technology for a console that technically hasn't released yet, uh, which was, by the way, fun little fact here. uh, The CEO of Refract Technologies actually demoed the Axis via uh, virtual Taekwondo at the Taekwondo World Championships in 2020 in a closed door session that included Thomas Kahn, the head of the IOC. 
Uh, in case you were, in case you, <laughs> in case you were like, wow, just, just, just technology saying, has uh, come so far. Said the head of the IOC. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, the same CEO happens to be uh, a committee member in the GEF, the Global Esports Federation, which is the international federation that is looking to govern esports. Um, I like that. Just, I like that phrasing there. Looking to govern esports. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's all pretty cool, but Refract Technologies, so they made this console, and I was like, oh, yeah, they made a console. Great. That would make sense that they're going to you know, have the games played on their console. They also asked one of their smaller studios, um, 99 Games subsidiary Deep Dive Studios. Um, there are three companies here, to be clear. It's Refract Technologies. Underneath Refract Technologies is Project 99, which is the publisher, and under Project 99 is Deep Dive Studios, which is the actual like studio making the game. This took forever to fucking find out. Um <laughs> And Deep Dive Studios made Tic Tac Bow, which is a, hey, it does what it says on the tin, which is that it is a mobile archery game mm. where you fire arrows at a Tic Tac Toe board in order to try and win a game of Tic Tac Toe. Um, mechanically, uh, the way it works is uh, if you hit, so imagine like a, a bullseye, right? A target, right? You're, you're visualizing. Perfect. <laughs> Say you hit the third ring of that target and it turns the target your color. That means you have successfully claimed that part of the board for your tic-tac-toe uh, run. If someone fires a better shot and say, for example, gets a bullseye, it converts it from their tar- from your target to theirs. Uh, that's pretty good, actually. That's it's actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> Mechanically, it's pretty good. It's really clever. Uh, and so like Wait. if you're hitting bullseyes, your opponent can't take it back from you. That's pretty good. But what, uh, and every, mm-hmm. what are the mechanics of actually shooting? Cause it's so, a mobile game, right? It's a mobile game. It is the, you use your thumb to mm-hmm. like move a virtual thumbstick to like aim the arrow <laughs> as it's swaying. Uh, and every time, like the, cause the, cause like the weapon is sweat, you know, the bow is swaying as you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. uh, and yeah. it gets the faster you shoot, the more accurate it is. There's like a little accuracy meter that like fit that like empties pretty huh. fast. Now, do you know one way you can make that, uh, that little accuracy Uh-oh. meter, uh, Uh-oh. fill less quickly? Hmm. Um, by uh, practicing over and over yeah. and getting b- better at the game it and doesn't use the efficiency gear from a loot per- box, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a. God so wait, but have they have they said <laughs> what is the playing field of like what is the the gear spec for players? They haven't. I yeah, think they're just they're not going oh. to. Okay. They're not so, going to because this is not a one off occurrence. So. This game is built on loot boxes, uh, so every time you win, you get a loot box that has like either a full bow or like parts for a bow in it that you use to upgrade your particular bow over time. Uh, those loot boxes can be opened one of two ways. Waiting 30 minutes, uh, watching an ad to open them more quickly, or by giving them gems. Beautiful, beautiful gems. Uh which have a pretty grim transaction rate. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's pay to win game number one uh, of the Olympic esports series, which may I add, uh, I'm pretty sure was made bespoke for this event 
because the World Archery Federation and the IOC are listed as like the direct precursors to the creation of tic-tac-bow by Refract Technologies. So they just asked these people to make the most exploitative game possible, or not the most exploitative game possible, but a game that is actively exploitative because I checked in on another one of these games called Tennis Clash, which is the tennis game, uh, based on the exact same monetization system and is known for being one of the more predatory uh, mobile <laughs> games on the market right now. Uh, tennis Clash is pretty dark. If you go to the uh, review section of that game, it varies between people being like, yeah, this is pretty okay. And other people being like, I spent $400 trying to become a competitive player. And I did, but I never broke the top 100. And like, the thing about this game is that casual play does not cost you money. Competitive play does. Competitive play is where like the actual like pay to win shit begins to really matter. And it would be one thing to me if the Olympics was like promoting and advertising games with predatory monetization practices. That would suck. That would, that would, that would be awful. But it would be in character. And this, to be clear, still is in character. But it would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Versus what's happening, which is the Olympics creating a competition designed to get whales to spend money on this game by creating like multiple events that you have to qualify for and then giving the game the legitimacy and prestige that comes from actually having a competition behind it. And so Tennis Clash is the uh, tennis game that uses a very similar monetization system to Tic-Tac-Bow. So similar, in fact, I had to check to make sure that there was not developer overlap uh, because they are <laughs> quite literally exactly the same in terms of also like progression mechanics in terms of progressing through series of tournaments where the rewards get higher each time um next is virtual regatta which is for the sailing for the sailing fans out there uh virtual regatta was founded in 2006 by a former professional sailor uh, uh, like professionals in like uh, uh, sports sailing uh, mm -hmm. who wanted to make sailing games. Uh, it was purchased in 2015 by e-gaming company 52 Entertainment. Uh, since then, the game has gotten extremely, uh, increasingly pay to win over the years uh, to the point where it has like burned a lot of its players as it funnels money directly into online gambling. Um and becomes and it, more and more integrated within that ecosystem. And that seems like that's like that's the connected tissue between all this stuff, right? Yes. Like other than like the weird Konami uh, <laughs> dollar baseball game, but like, yeah, like what the fuck's that do? What, yeah, I don't know, but like I mean, that's I mean that's what found I found so interesting about this story, and I'm curious, you know, if if you you know if you if you have the time to to go deeper on it, is to figure like the fact that the Olympics wants to have video games involved makes sense, like given the pop sheer scale and popularity. The fact that they might have financial entanglements with it also makes sense because why wouldn't you want to try and profit while you are propping up this stuff? But the fact that it is this specific type of mobile game in which skill frequently is not necessarily it is downplayed as an important factor relative right. to investing money into what is often like cute time wasters, right? Like we've all played different versions of this that like w might appeal to us. And you, then you hit your threshold on whether you actually want to participate in the financial aspect of it. Um, but the fact that, like broadly speaking, they have chosen 
these are all the partners is like games that exploit people <laughs> because yeah. they, they they can make up for a lack of skill or by either the player themselves or the games by design by spending money. Uh, now, granted, in some ways, you know, if you want to be a top tier athlete, you're spending money to get the best. Tra- like there's there, there's there's some right, analogies there as well. But like, you know, the Olympics in some way, the best version where you try and put out all the corruption and all the bad stuff is like people being good at the thing, working really hard and showcasing that. And we already have games and organizations that are doing that. And rather than partner with them or model after it, it is instead screw it. What is just the race to the bottom? Yeah. Uh, and it's gross and hilarious. And I get, frankly, I'd have it no other way. Like yeah. we, might, we might as well. Yeah. I mean, the IOC is, and always has been wildly corrupt, right? Like that is, that is, that is the Olympics guarantee is that some motherfucker is going to be getting money in a way that will make you uncomfortable. If you look at it too hard. Um, well, and the fact that all these games, uh, you know, I think this has been, you know, in earlier, you know, instances where there's been conversations about what is the relationship between the rise in popularity and expertise in playing video games and the Olympics is I don't think it's a shock where they landed here is, mm-hmm. well, actually, we'd like to model it after what we consider existing sports and the notion of video games, which, you know, to be fair, like frequently involve guns uh, like uh, we don't want we don't actually think those are interesting we want it to be the sports that you know we all we already uh like model and champion so it's like it's there's also a limited imagination in terms of what are people actually competing in and how would that interact with you know our own personal ethos it's like no actually like i don't know just dance like (laughs) okay yeah and it's also the fact that like to me it's it's in person. The the in like the final stream is going to be an in person competition. Which we're is gonna, gonna like, watch that. We're gonna watch that. Okay. <laughs> I need to see it. Uh, the dark bit to me is the fact that like again, it's the prestige being offered and like given to people who are going to be sinking a truly disgusting amount of money. I've got uh, like that's what I that's what I want. I want to know what is the framing here. Like I am I am so curious the actual presentation of. All, all of this. I and mean, it's also the difficult part of, of esports, right? It's like people in front of a screen. And even if you can recognize the incredible things they're doing, it's just like tougher television. And like, it's not like making it a mobile game where you're flicking your finger, like solves that necessarily. Um, uh, I, I don't know. It's just yeah. truly bizarre. Virtual Taekwondo is probably the one that'll be the most <laughs> yes! entertaining to watch. Cannot wait. That is, <sighs> Yes. It's used with a motion tracking console, and that one actually functions differently. This is this one is the most very obviously an advertisement for a specific product, uh, which is the Axis, uh, the thing made by Refract Technologies, because it's not like there are qualifiers for virtual Taekwondo, if I'm remembering correctly. Instead, they are taking 16 of the best amateur uh, or like up and coming Taekwondo uh, practitioners um, in the world and having them compete in a 16 person tournament in virtual taekwondo which will be using like a no the the basic idea is that it's like it's no contact sparring um and whatever moves you do physically in the real world get translated to the video game um i bet i bet there will be absolutely no latency there and it won't be really uh really hard to actually spar with another human being whose hands you are not whose whose, whose, whose body you cannot actually yeah yeah uh-huh uh-huh i bet that'll be really easy and cool uh 
And so that is uh, Olympic Esports Week, which I am looking further into as I try and like figure out the the various webs of connections, uh, uh, trying to find the chain of nepotism uh, mm. that leads to my favorite uh, Kingdom Hearts spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that um, as as we get closer to stuff like that. The actual stream is probably the summer, right? Like that is actually when like this would actually be. Yes, occurring. it is. It is in June, uh, late June. All right, or well, late we'll July. be we'll be watching along the way. Um, you know, in in waypoint fashion, we've gone longer than I expected on the first segment of this podcast. So I will. I think I'm going to hold some of the stuff I was going to talk about until Thursday's show. I'll just say very briefly. I started playing card jockey, the solitaire horse racing mashup that was a a cult hit on 3ds that it was got remade and released for Apple Arcade. Um, I'll talk more about me being bad at solitaire uh, later this week. And then also uh, I'm going to watch a little bit more before I can kind of like speak to it, but I've watched most of the first two episodes of the recent like 33 part Psychonauts two documentary that just dropped Oof. all at once. Wow. Um, uh, it's all on YouTube. It's totally free. Um, I've watched the first two episodes and, or most of the first two episodes and uh, they're really interesting, but I'll, I'll get a little further into that before talking about it later this week uh we'll take a break uh and we'll come back and have a destiny minute uh we'll be right back hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com And we're back. Uh, it was a quick break. If you are a subscriber to Waypoint Plus over at waypointplus.com. Uh, if not, who knows what you listen to? I can't even tell you. No. The algorithm we we, told yeah. you. <laughs> Hope the you enjoyed it. makes those decisions for us. And and or you reported it to us and we tried to pass it along to <laughs> get a tweet. <laughs> which sometimes happens. Uh, Kato, I'm going to allow oh. us. We've, we flourished. Yeah. In the discussion of, of Destiny uh, last week. I think... There's reason to uh, save sort of a more con- conclusive thoughts on Lightfall uh, uh, to maybe later in the week because you and I uh, both have uh, gotten to essentially the end of the campaign, which yeah. campaigns are not the defining aspect of playing Destiny, but uh, is kind of what you both and I are working uh, towards. Um, I think you and I are both at the final uh, like what of nine uh, missions uh, in in the, the the Lightfall campaign. Yeah, uh, us count. How, <laughs> it's something like that, though. I like, guess something between yeah. seven, seven, eight, and nine. Um, I don't know. We, I know that you and I were were kind of mixed on it. The one thing I will say uh, that happened immediately after recording the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, like that evening, I played a mission that was like, "Yo, here's just a big open arena, and you can use all of the what they call the strand, which yeah. is the new subclass that lets you swing around and has the grappling stuff." And you just, I just got to do that for 20 minutes. Yeah. It was so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. having a great time. Oh, that's the, uh, the one with the Vex, right? The fucking robots coming yeah. out. Yeah. Yep. 
Yes. Yep, you're right in the zone of just, where I was where I was gonna say like last time where like I knew where you stopped. It's like, well, get ready. <laughs> They're about to get start giving you strand a lot and then taking it away and then giving it to you a lot again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and it was great because it was a window into exactly what I wanted more of, but mm-hmm. you know, this way they structure it in the the campaign is you know, you're you're trying to figure out like what's the deal with this these green lights and yada yada yada. And basically like it's just like, hey, you get a sequence where you get to use it and then your character is quote exhausted and then it goes away. Um before uh when you finish the campaign, then it opens up as a subclass that you can, yeah. you know, use more frequently. But I I remain frustrated, but at least in the like back third of the campaign, you're getting it way more frequently yes. so that you get to interact with it a lot more and and actually understand what each like the move sets are doing because right. also what's happening a lot of the time is what's leading to your exhaustion is that your super is filling up all the time like you can just use the super over and over and over again yeah um but because of that you just don't spend a lot of time like okay how actually would i want to sw- like what is the swinging actually add to like the the combat uh mm-hmm. sequences in, in the game and so i've actually had a much better time even as the story part has gotten away with me mostly because there's just not much here there is just really not a story being told as much as a bunch of missions setting up a sub sub i'm sure i'm sure that is stories being half whispered (laughs) like well the, the loudest one of which is the you're struggling to understand how you could control these new strand powers but you keep losing it I feel like that's the one through line that I think was easy enough to be like, okay, I get, I get what's going on there. And the other ones are just like proper noun is getting closer to the proper noun. You got a proper noun, that mm-hmm. other proper noun before they yep, proper got, noun it. We got to defend that proper noun from, <laughs> oh no, proper nouns coming. Like, oh no, oh, no. like rush to pro- proper noun. Like, you know, like yes. Vex cloud or I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's going on net, where it's just metaverse cloud net. <laughs> Uh, so there's, yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, you know, I, I had to spend a little bit of time doing what you had mentioned, which was what do I do when I haven't yeah. properly leveled up? Also, the thing that is difficult there is it's like you run out of the sort of, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, you do in Destiny a lot is you'll find a piece of equipment that you like, perhaps aesthetically, or you've done like enough like upgrades into for the mods that you want to keep it. Uh, and so you will infuse, like you will take a higher level item gear and basically like transfer its like level properties uh into it Mm -hmm. then i just ran out of i ran out of those items like fortunately (laughs) like i think because of beyond light and i think a code that i redeemed years ago yeah i had access to like 20 of those when i went to the tower i just like talked to a a vendor and they're like you want a bunch of these and i was like yeah i do so that i could go do the next uh, activity um so, so that's where, where I'm at. And I did a couple of like strikes and things like that in mm-hmm. order to, to get a couple of drops that like got me over the light requirement to, to yeah. go to the next mission. But, um, I don't know that I feel fundamentally different from Have where you been I was to the at farm? before the farm. Yeah. Do you remember the farm? The farm is a destiny two thing, right? Yeah. 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 It was in I the, rem- it was in well, the early, early game. One of the, uh, yeah, one of the cyber surfers keeps asking me, like, have you been to the farm? No. Is he, is that an indication that I should be going, I should yes. go to the farm? Yes, it is. There's a trailhead there for the seasonal activity, the, like, after the campaign, kind of, like, here's what's happening at Earth, and, like, will be the thing that repeats every week I gotcha. that you do to keep up with the story. And I, you should do that today, because the reset happens tomorrow. 
But go What's go the, check that. What does that mean? The reset. Oh, you oh, mean the, the weekly. weekly reset on Tuesdays? So what is that? What does that mean? What? Is, how does that fit into my? Your destiny what? playing? Yeah. Like so what am I do? What is the advantage kind of, disadvantage to doing these weeklies? There's two two different things happening essentially, uh, mm-hmm. with the expansion. Right. You have the campaign, which is a set of missions that kind of like have their own story and wrap up like what at whatever pace you finish those missions. And then there's the seasonal activity. That's a, a specific quest that you do a bunch of like steps of this quest. And then eventually you hit a block where it's like, okay, wait for next week. And then mm-hmm. when the weekly reset kicks in, you get the next chunk of that quest. Um, and those things have, like, so I, regular- need, I need to trigger that or else it's just to do. Or, it's just gone. Well, no, it won't be gone. Like, you'll just be a week behind the story. Okay. And it might be a little awkward. Like, you won't see where the end point is, and it'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, if you want to, like, get on that track, it would it probably it takes less than an hour, I think, to do, like, the first like, chunk of that before it's like, okay, come back next week. Okay. Um, and then next week is tomorrow at 1. It resets, okay. and you get the next right. chunk of it. All and right. that's we its will, own will... separate story. It's a, its own parallel story, actually. It's, like, about the invasion on Earth and, mm-hmm. like, the people there protecting the city and fighting back against the Witness who's still in the fucking sky over Earth while we're dealing with shit over on uh, Venus. So um, that's one of those, like, worth keeping up with. So we can okay. check in on what that right. story looks like once we have the the reset happened <laughs> all right like, i will i will i will it, bug you after this podcast so you can point me in the in it's the right it's direction. low level enough to that like if you have any other gaps like that'll mm-hmm. fill it as far as oh goes. okay yeah. that because i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna need i'm up to the final game i didn't look at what the light level required or recommendation you can, you right. can play it whenever you want um but uh yeah, maybe I'll go do that before I even attempt that final campaign mission. That's probably a, a good like I said, yeah. Like the sixth time the, the Cloud Rider says like, You've been to the farm? <laughs> like when I go there to like get a bounty. Should have taken a taken a taken a hint. Um all right, well we'll check back in. Probably the next time we uh chat later this week, we'll probably have finished that camp. I think I'm gonna yeah. bring you I'm gonna You said you gotta you try do the it. final cam I'll try the final campaign mission yeah. by myself. And then if I am gonna bang my head against it, I will bring in a a ringer I, I believe into... i believe in you i believe okay. in you i'm having trouble right. on the final boss and we'll, but you're we playing should, legendary yeah so but we should that's... talk about that final boss encounter some other time because i think it's really 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 neat until it isn't <laughs> yeah i've yeah, like when i googled it just to like see last night like we watched the last of us like oh maybe i should try that final campaign mission and like google it quickly and there's a lot of people grumbling and i was like oh yeah i'm not i'm gonna do this when i've got more energy uh but the energy we're gonna bring is now into the mailbag uh you uh can write in uh, yourself uh to gaming at vice.com with the subject uh mailbag uh, uh that'll point in our direction I mailbag also some, that's uh, new is it was a question bucket what are letters what question. did i forget Question. Just question. Sorry. Well, we call it the question bucket. I guess we could put the bucket in a bag. Sometimes you need to carry a bucket around in a bag. That's true. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to put a bucket in a bag. And also, I I asked for some uh, on on Twitter that people uh, wrote in. So I've got a couple then uh, in there. Uh, This first one is just, this is just a nice one. Uh, This comes in (laughs) narcoleptic in Nebraska. Hey, hello, Waypoint Crew. Oh, yeah, look at look at Red Perk up. <laughs> this is this is this is here for you. First, I'd like to say a big thank you to Renata for her explanation of narcolepsy, which led to me getting diagnosed myself. 
Uh, Fuck I yeah. had oh, thought, I only take W's, as you were saying. <laughs> uh, I thought I had ADHD uh, and maybe sleep apnea, but I had a near one-to-one exact similar experience to what Ren had told in her intro on her first episode. I'm currently on uh, Wakex? 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 Uh, and I guess that's a, a form of medication. And seeing improvements to my sleepiness and actually getting rest, I thought anyone could take a nap anytime they wanted to at the drop of a hat. But it turns out that's just narcolepsy, baby. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could take naps whenever I want. No, wanted. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, no, you don't. I know, but you Shut know what I mean mouth. by it. I, I, I cannot. Yeah, me I know take nap requires is like. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be I somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, my question for you is, have you ever had an innocuous comment by a stranger completely change your life in a significant way? Thanks so much. Love the show. Narcoleptic in Nebraska. An innocuous comment by a stranger completely change your life in a significant way. That is a that is a high barrier. Yeah, innocuous. Hmm. I've had a lot of like innocuous comments that did change my life, but they were not by strangers. Is the thing okay? Yeah. Well, we can broaden that. Is there is there something that qualifies from from that bucket that is that is worth sharing? Uh, probably the first time someone called me pretty. Okay. That this was like years ago. When I was like fifteen or sixteen, like well before I started like HRT or like realized that I was trans. I was, someone was like, "You're really pretty," and I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't Expanded know that. my worldview. I didn't know that was an option for me. <laughs> hey, I didn't know that was an option for me. I like that. I didn't know it was an option for little me. <laughs> That's really cool. I can't think of anything off the top. Of my head. I'm sure there are examples. I've been on this this wretched earth for 38 years. There has to have been something that someone said that had a profound impact in that way. I'm going to have to think about it. Kato, does anything come immediately to mind? No, I think I'm in a similar boat of just like, I'm sure there's... I'm sure it's I true. dig for something, there's something there, but I'm like not having an immediate, like... All right, well, while we... Someone well, said that, a thing that is, and it, like, changed... I don't know. That, this is a deep question. We'll see if anything yeah. uh, shakes out of uh, uh, our heads. Um, this one is a, a little more just, uh, why do bagels have holes? Wouldn't they be better without them? No. Huh. What? Interesting. No. Wouldn't you just, when you eat a bagel, wouldn't it, this is me, this is not the question, the question's over. Yeah. Uh, unsigned, over. anonymous, <laughs> because they, they knew they were throwing <laughs> chaos into the mix. Oh, what a crock of shit. Now, I understand that, the you know, the bagel's aesthetic has the circle. Yeah. But is there ever a scenario where you would want less of the bagel? Just a flat surface for which yeah. to carry more of the so, cream and cheese. I'm, I'm exactly. Gonna, I'm gonna push, no, I'm going to push back <laughs> against this. I'm going to push back against this because think about the way a bagel is cooked. Okay. I don't think you can get the specific like kind of cooking that you get with a bagel if it's whole. So right, okay, like, but it's in a, in a world where they could. And it, imagine and this is purely aesthetic. They, no, they figure you still it want out. the hole. No, <laughs> I want the hole. I want the hole. I think it's freaky. It's it's I, weird. I, also, also, that's an insane. It's that's, like it's like reverse me, tryptophobia. <laughs> this is to me an insane proposition of like the world in which like boiling doesn't work right. No, I rebuke this. I rebuke this whole fucking concept. The hole is, is important. And also, there's a, like a. Is a bagel a sandwich? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because my question was, does the... Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I was not, you know... Like, you know, I was wondering, is the is the whole, you know... Does it, mo- does it change the territory 
of food that it lives in in a way that would make people feel upset. And thus you would want to retain the whole so that it could stay in its in its lane, yeah. so to speak. No, bagel bagel is sandwich. When I when I go when I go order a bagel, I say I have a I kind of have a egg and cheese sandwich. Or well, yeah, and also like you can have a breakfast sandwich. sandwich, and like that does right. not exclude the bagel as a yeah as, no, a, as a repository for no. the the various. Uh, breakfast I make my own items. Egg and cheese sandwich. It's more of a sandwich than it is a breakfast sandwich because I go up. They don't have it on the menu. I just have to order a everything bagel with cream cheese, tomato, onion, and roast beef. Hey, bud, can we, can we, can you give me a, can you give me a second pass at that? Sorry. I every, just, it, every, it, everything bagel. Okay, delicious. Cream cheese. Good on its own. Tomato. Fuck off. Onions. Okay. Roast beef. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the wrong, well, hold on. I can understand the roast beef part. What's the wrong, what's wrong with the tomato? I don't think that tomato and cream cheese like oh go together. Yeah, they do. Don't, don't people put no. tomato on fucking yeah? Yeah, they no. do. <laughs> no, you didn't this finish that of- thought, Kato. You just said don't. <laughs> I they was put well because then I realized cheese. the thought the thought was wrong. The thought was wrong. People don't put tomato <laughs> on the thing that I was thinking of, which was locks. You don't put tomato on uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 on a bagel all the way. Um... But it could, you could. It'd be good, I think. I like tomatoes. That's a, you just described a wet ass sandwich. It is a wet ass like, sandwich. It's it's all wet. Roast beef. Well, wet the, the, the tomatoes aren't super wet. They're not. They're not like the the sopping wet tomatoes. Damn, who fucked up your tomatoes then? Because like if you're eating a dry tomato, like no, <laughs> not, you don't get to look a dry, no, dry. You but don't it get to look at me and be like a tomato isn't wet. It isn't. Leaky. That is one of the wettest. No. Yeah, there's a difference between soggy. Yeah. and. Like dripping, like you right. bite into a tomato, the juices be flowing. The juices like, you slice, be flowing. <sighs> you slice a tomato, and like yeah, like f- like if you're like doing it on like a cutting board. Depends yes, on like, how big the pockets are of the yes. juice in there. You know, like you got yes. different varieties of tomatoes. Some tomatoes are really wet, and some tomatoes are only kind of wet. That's a, is- when I go to the grocery store. That's how they categorize them. This is also why <laughs> yeah, I, do, we I think it's dry worth tomatoes noting. and the wet ass tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite pop, my favorite song from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I, I will say, Kato, in your defense, it is worth noting that like tomatoes are one of like my biggest sensory foods. Okay. Like, I, yeah. I, I simply cannot. Fu- okay. A cherry that's, tomato well, that, is one of the most repugnant things on the planet. Repugnant. Wow. Yes. I love the a texture of a cherry tomato. tomato makes makes me physically ill. You, you bite it and it gets a little pop, little pop <laughs> of like a gusher, but no, vegetable. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's a healthy gusher. It's That's a, a great gusher. way of putting it. Oh no! All right, we're gonna move away from this. <laughs> we're disturbing. Ren <laughs> shrinks shrinks into a well, not a corn cob, be more of a tomato cob, I suppose. <laughs> um, Josh in New Orleans. Hello, Pointers. After listening to Waypoint Radio 545, I had to tell the story of my greatest gaming victory. Last March, New Orleans hosted the NCAA Men's Final Four, and the weekend prior to the games, the NCAA slash corporate overlords had a free big expo at the city's convention center. The usual free swag was handed out, but one booth in particular caught my eye, Bleacher Report Gaming. Sporting uh, numerous PS5s hidden behind arcade cabinets, two controllers connected, all playing the same game and ready for a tournament. The contest chosen to determine the champion. Why? None other than Windjammers 2, of course. The prize. A PS5. Yeah, I know. An extremely odd choice. The prize. A PS5 controller. Do I have a PS5? No. 
but I was not going to let that stop me. <laughs> Being one of five people in the world that had played that game uh, on Game Pass, uh, I thought I had a pretty good shot and even better odds when I saw whew, most of my competition was 12 and under. Woo! The first kid I faced gave his best Tiny Tim impression as soon as we started. Quote, my PS5 controller at home is broken, so I really hope I win. I proceeded to sweep him in straight sets. PS5s were impossible to get at that time. If that kid really had one, he was rich and his parents can get another controller whenever. I lost my first set in the championship <laughs> round, but still managed to crush the competition. Prepubescent children crying as they ran from the arena. My wife was incredibly embarrassed on my behalf and is still mortified every time she tells the story. But I'm still proud as hell of my accomplishment. I most definitely have used the $70 more than once via Bluetooth. Photos attached to paint a picture of my glory. My kids uh, featuring as well. I don't have the the, the photo here uh, at, uh, at the moment. I will I will find it uh, a little bit oh later. But love the show so much that I recently subscribed to Waypoint Plus FC, especially the NCAA GH <laughs> Josh in New Orleans. That's tremendous. That is Holy that's on another shit. level from me crushing some kids to get my my kid a you know a stuffed I would, animal from the local carnival i would go so far as to enter the tournament and be like i'm definitely gonna sweep this kid but when that first guy puts on the sob story i'm out i'm sorry i don't know if that kid's lying or not <laughs> it, it worked surprise it worked on me enjoy your uh win friend all right next question comes in um why doesn't it seem like you folks like star trek what's the deal with that who said that does anyone hey, yeah anonymous. who, said, who told this you that the- these are these are these some of these came in from the the, the Twitter wow. or the Google Doc ask and people don't people don't sign their their names as much as when they write a something uh, about writing an email people always sign their name mm-hmm. putting it in a form couldn't be no. bothered I think yeah. there's more of a chaotic energy to the to the form than sending a a formal email I personally I just didn't Star Trek was not part of like me growing up like it just was not yeah. a show that I watched for any particular reason and so. Yeah. I, that thus, like so much of modern Star Trek is co- is essentially like building off a nostalgia for a, the series. Um, I know the Star Trek Discovery was like a pretty decent on ramp if you wanted to get into it, but like I don't need another show. And I heard that was like, hey, it's all right. Do you like Star Trek? And I said, like, well, I don't like Star. I don't dislike Star Trek. What I just about, don't have any. What about you? Should, affinity for it. You should check out Strange New Worlds. I've heard that's fantastic. It's yes. actually a fucking. I'm kind of. I'm not. I'm a little bit more. So I had. Um. Uh. It feels like Star Trek: The Next The The Next Generation was on my TV at home like all the time for some reason. Like after school, after tsunami ended, that's what mm-hmm. would be on. Um. I never. I don't remember watching actually sitting down and watching full episodes as a kid because I would always lose interest at a certain point. Mm-hmm. But I did a lot of talking in this show. I did Be boring. <laughs> I would I sat in front of it long enough that my parents got the impression that I liked it, and for one of my uh, birthdays, got me the Star Trek movie First Contact, which was a good movie. I actually enjoyed yeah. that movie. That's a great that's yeah. a great one. That's the one where Picard that's gets the, turned into a the Borg. Borg, right? Yeah, yeah, the Borg and fucking they're going back in time to the first time aliens made contact with, with Earth and it's a it's a good it's a good movie. I like that one. Um but for but generally I didn't like 
super think of myself as like a a, a Trekkie or a Star Trek fan in that way. Um, recently watched a Strange New Worlds and like fucking loved it. Like that that yeah. shit. I, I've heard I'm nothing but good. For I've the, heard that's the most Star Trek a Star Trek show has been in a while. Right? Yeah. In like the last like you know seven years or you know like Discovery Picard. Uh, I know I've heard the animated show is actually like pretty decent. Um, but I've heard Picard uh, yeah. is complete garbage. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Stranger Worlds. Everyone World is that I, <laughs> everyone that I know that's likes Star Trek, <laughs> like absolutely abhors Picard. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Ren, any any relationship with with Star Trek? So like plus or minus. I had a Star Trek father and a Star ah. Wars aunt. Whoa. Oh wow! Yeah, my aunt named her daughter Jedi. Like that's that's <laughs> that's me? that's the yeah that's the energy we're kind of crafting in the space because that was uh, what I was gonna ask was like there's it's one thing to like fall on a camp of yeah. those two but then yeah. how strong were the feelings oh in yeah. that camp enough to have judgment about the other camp? Um, not not a ton. My aunt didn't like talk shit on Star Trek, but like again, she likes Star Wars enough to name her daughter Jedi, but not enough to like watch the clone wars right mm. well that's, that's like, the crazy thing that exists right is like people who whose fandom only revolves around the original trilogy and like loving mm-hmm. that deeply but not engaging with any of the like tertiary material yes <laughs> like, uh, that was all. that was my aunt that was my aunt very much uh but yeah my dad my dad's big into star trek and so like it would be on like we had like vhs's of it uh but for the most part i grew up in like what I believe, I believe this is true. I grew up in the Star Trek Dark Ages. That like, makes sense. Like Star like, Trek's like there are sort of two periods of Star Trek resurgence. Like one about mm, a little over ten years ago, like the J.J. Abrams like Star Trek film, and the the couple that came after that, and then it overlaps a little bit with the new TV shows from the last five years. But yes, I think you're right. There's a a, a period where there just re- really wasn't. There's a couple like bad movies, and I think that was yeah. that was about it. Th- then and that was that was my youth. I remember mm. going to the bad Star Trek movie with my dad uh, when I was like a teenager uh, or like a, a very early teenager in like 2012, 2013. Um, I think that's the one with uh, who's in that movie. We're getting like the bad um, Star- Nemesis, right? That's the last. 2002 um star trek mm-hmm. nemesis uh is i think into the last... darkness uh, oh so you're, no, you're, no, this, is the, this is the abrams one so your description <laughs> that's very funny now that is a bad movie yeah. i agree but is a different quote-unquote dark period for star trek yeah than what is uh for, for folks who would be older than you would be this like oh nemesis being the last like star trek film uh in theaters is because that is considered to be an all-time piece of shit uh well uh, movie yeah but like the ch- my childhood happens between those two zones right right like right. nemesis comes out and then in 2002 when i'm a little infant got no fucking thoughts in my head and then star trek the 2009 jj abrams film comes out and like i've already like i'm already nine you know mm-hmm. i've got pokemon to play i can't think about that guy you know I can't think about fully automated space communism i don't i don't have time for that i have to memorize which one charizard is <laughs> which one charizard <laughs> yeah still which still one? working on that one but you <laughs> know hey, hey which, which one charizard, charizard is, is? Which one? the sound the soundtrack to that uh 2009 abram star trek uh oh i understand know, we didn't do the lot 
Hmm? I was gonna say I understand why Ren's confused in in Ren's era of of Charizard. There's actually like four different types of Charizard. There used to just be one Charizard, but now there's two different mega evolutions, a bunch of other bullshit. The Gigantamax Charizard. Yeah, they got fucking giant Charizards out here. Kato, I'm just my my fields are are are. What's the word? Abundant? No. Abundant with Who's Charizard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too many Charizard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the soundtrack for that that movie slaps. It's a Michael Gia, Giacchino joint. Hey. Um, that's the closest we're getting to, <laughs> to this being Lost, Lost podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Lost. Look, he just has a thing with strings that if you, I listen to Giacchino soundtracks all the time. Like one of my favorite modern composers. And you, if you listen to enough composers work across like uh shit why am i blanking uh dune uh who's the guy who did the the dune soundtrack um uh, i wasn't similar right <laughs> yes no it is hans oh zimmer. okay yes, <laughs> yes it is uh, so hans go. zimmer yeah horns right like right. there is like <laughs> like there's stuff that like and giacchino has a thing with strings that like Lost soundtrack, Star Trek, like I can hear it. I was like, yeah. oh motherfucker, you're doing it again. You're doing like your I thing. can hear it. You're doing your thing. You're doing your thing. <laughs> and it's good. I like your thing though. So it's all right. Yeah. Um, maybe we will go out on this one. Uh this comes in from Andrew from uh Edinburgh. Uh way <laughs> way pointers. W H E Y pointers. Mm-hmm. What's your feelings on movement speed in video games? <laughs> Typically, I'm a sprint everywhere person, but I've been playing through Yakuza like a dragon, and for some reason, that game makes me want to walk everywhere. And the vibe in the city space and vibe in the city spaces more than any other game. I'd rather stroll about the city rather than sprint to the next location or even fast travel. Thanks for all the work you do, FCGH. Uh, Ren, what is your preferred mode of travel when you're kind of exploring a game space, especially one that has? You know, a big old, big old location. I mean, I think it, I think it depends on like the because like in Dragon's Dogma, I'll stroll. I'll, mm. I'll, 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 I'll stroll in a Dragon's Dogma. I'll chill. Um, what was uh in season? I walked places in season. Mm-hmm. I clicked, I clicked the fuck a walk button and was like, well, it's gonna take me fifteen minutes to walk there if I don't use this bike. But I think that would be nice. Um. So yeah, I'm a little I'm a little role play freak. I'll do I'll do whatever feels right for the character, uh, unless the game is one of those games where they didn't put in a walk animation and so they just kind of like a slightly slower run. Um, those are always the those are always the toughest for me. Where it's like, damn, if you're jogging two miles an hour, that is too much work for you for no reward. Please stop. It looks bad. Um, but yeah, I will I will I will RP walk like a like a dork. Yeah, like as you know, as evidenced so many times on this podcast, I'm in the complete opposite direction, which is like, <laughs> you give me fast travel, I'm going to use your fast travel. Um, if you don't put fast travel in, then you know, hopefully, getting from point A to point B is uh enjoyable. Um, uh, some games there are, right? Like, I remember the game that most acutely come to mind is the Insomniac Spider Man game, uh, in which just swinging around was so much fun. I think I only engaged in fast travel at the end, like post story where I was just kind of sweeping up and finishing a couple of side objectives that kept me in the world for a little bit longer. I think for me, you know, because I don't really 
role play all that much with in, in the games that I play. I sort of it's the characters doing the characters things, and if that is lacking, I'm not necessarily going to try and make up for it um, through my own play. But because I think part of like why I'm so obsessed with games like platformers and and things like that is because. I need the actual act of movement to be interesting for me to want to engage with it for long periods of time. And when it that doesn't occur, you know, like, for example, in Cyberpunk 2077, which I, you know, played through uh, on stream, you know, back in November and December, like the driving is abhorrent in that game. It is so <laughs> bad. It does not feel good at all. And so it undercuts what is one of the strengths of the game, which is like a pretty cool looking city. Um to kind of like just look at. I don't think it's that fun to explore, but I can definitely understand why someone would want to go from point A to point B uh, and look at that city on the way to accomplishing a task or getting to a mission. But it just sucks to control. Like keyboard and mouse, bad. Gamepad, bad. Like it just feels bad. And so I fast traveled all the time in that game because the last thing I wanted to do was get in a car and drive around. And so I think that is my own personal like preferences getting in the way of being able to engage with the game on that level. So, I mean, broadly speaking, I fast travel because I'm just trying to get through a thing. Um, but uh, if it has interesting movement and exploration mechanics, I will find myself spending time with it uh, as a result. Uh, Kato, any, any thoughts? I, 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 <laughs> I fall somewhere in between y'all where mm-hmm. like, I do tend to like in, in a lot of things want to just kind of, move things along but i will still issue like i i i didn't use the fast travel in cyberpunk 2077 when i played it very much at all because i wanted to ride a run on jackie's motorcycle as much as possible yeah, uh, and remember sure. <laughs> because his, his motorcycle rocks and jackie rocks and you're just like yep. i want to like live in this like character like driving the good part the good part of the game yeah. before everything else happens <laughs> drive driving driving this motorcycle around the city um, but I'm less likely to on foot usually do the slow walk. I'm usually just trying to get to the thing as quickly as possible. So, you know, yeah. like a, a little, you know, a little mix here between the both of y'all. Well, and I think like Yakuza is an interesting example because that is a game about density, right? right? So I think it's, it's, you know, cyberpunk isn't, you know what I mean? Like there are dense areas, but like the city isn't completely populated. You're not like rewarded for like poking around every corner. Whereas in Yakuza, like that is kind of the point is like, there are just a bajillion distractions that can be rewarding in their own ways, whether it's a mini game or some side quests, like yeah, those are just kind of like different world building approaches that I think then funnel into how and why you choose to, to explore the space. So, uh, yeah, please uh, feel free to keep writing in questions to uh, gaming advice. Doc, is that our yeah. is, is that Sorry. our fifteen minute timer? Kyle, look yeah. at me, look at me sliding into home sliding right in. as your timer oh, goes oh, off. Sick. Don't cut that off. That is a skilled <laughs> host getting us to the to the outro. Wow, it's, uh, it's, that is gonna. It's one of Kato's alarms for once in this fucking podcast instead of one of mine that go off every goddamn episode. Sorry about that. I'll never change uh, them. Uh, look, I look. I've got uh, lots of alarms. Uh, I have the I have the watch on my wrist though, and so when mine go off, I I just get the vibration. Mm. So that's the solution I have to to the audio problem. Um, that's a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Waypoint. Although Twitter appeared to be non-functional while, while we were uh borked yeah uh, is it fixed because uh, i don't know well, I, use, I, use a, <laughs> I don't think it is i use a um 
a variation of TweetDeck called Tweetin. I will. I should show it to you, Kato. It's excellent. It's a. It's built on top of TweetDeck, and you can Ooh, still use the old, legacy. The old TweetDeck. Yeah, yeah. Do you, are you using new shitty TweetDeck? No, I'm not. I'm still on the old TweetDeck. Okay. The button's there. It's like try a new TweetDeck preview. I'm never fucking clicking that thing. I'll show you Tweetin. You, it's I. But my cold and then, dead hands. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, the part of the reason I like. Tweetin is because it's a separate software application as opposed to a window uh, in a browser. So um, anyway, uh, on Facebook and YouTube uh, at uh, Waypoint Vice, uh, this podcast, as we mentioned earlier, is brought to you ad-free uh, if you're a subscriber over at waypointplus.com. Uh, um, this week, uh, we are waiting for Rob to come back from a little mini vacation after all the construction happening uh, in his place. So we are our full schedule needs to... Uh, kind of be uh, hammered out tomorrow, but we do know that we'll be watching The Lighthouse uh, as part of concluding oh. this arc of my turn. Uh, so there'll be, uh, by the time you listen to this, we'll be recording it, but um, the there will be, if you if you go to the same link that, you know, uh, we, we use to get the questions for the uh, today for the mailbag, uh, that is the one you can always kind of drop things in for, uh, for upcoming uh, segments and I will make note of that before I I purge kind of the answers from that. So know that for the future, uh, and then we'll be getting a new arc of uh, my turn um, off of uh, the lighthouse. Uh, otherwise, this week uh, it looks like we'll try. We're gonna tr- you know no commitments until we talk to Rob, but we will try and play um, you know the game that uh, Kato was talking about. What was that called again? King of the Castle. King of the Castle. Um, I finished out Metroid Prime. Uh, that uh, I finished uh, Daddy's Day Off, came to another conclusion. We saw the credits on Metroid Prime on Friday. Um, so that uh, particular series will take a break until, you know, a kind of game comes along that seems to to make sense. I did I did think about playing Minish Cap. I've never not played the handheld Ooh. Zelda games. Um, and that is, uh, someone said you could do that in two streams. And I was like, oh, go from eight, eight, nine streams to three to two. That is amazing. The heights of efficiency. Um, so look forward to that and, and other things happening this week. There'll be a schedule that gets posted, uh, soon enough. Certainly by the time you, uh, listen to this, that'll have the, the full complement of things happening at waypoint. Uh, this week, uh, our theme music is by Owen by Bowen. The track is miss you off the EP pale machine. You can learn more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. You can follow me at Patrick club Ren. Where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Cotto. At A underscore Cotto underscore appears. That's us calling time on this Monday. We'll talk to you again uh, later this week. Uh, until then, fuck capitalism. Go home. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market